Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Man, we got a busy show today. We got schedule changes. We've got Will Fuller suspension. And of course, we have the waiver wire. And waivers aren't even running until tomorrow night. But we're still going to give you a sneak peek. We'll update you accordingly on Wednesday's show. It's Tuesday. And we're still not done with Fantasy Week 12. Of course, you are aware of that. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg. All right, Jamie, this is a waiver wire show. We won't get distracted the entire time by by the other stuff. Uh, give me a zero to ten on the waverometer for this week's waiver wire. You know, it's an interesting week, obviously, with the Wednesday waiver moves because you're going to know some of the practice reports Wednesday, which changes some things. Because if Josh Jacobs is out and misses practice Wednesday it becomes a much more interesting waiver wire period. If Josh Jacobs practices, it becomes a very, very boring waiver yeah. period. Well, I should take it back. If Josh Jacobs, take Josh Jacobs out of the equation. If James Connors not back next week, yeah. and one of Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane go off on Wednesday, this running back period becomes a little bit more exciting. But without those guys, it becomes a very boring waiver period. Outside of maybe quarterback and tight end. Yeah, and we'll spice it up. We'll spice it up, of course. There are always players to pick up. Well, there up. are guys, for sure. Yeah. I mean, look, you have to you have to replace Wolf Fuller, which sucks. And uh, there are there are some, you know, things at play. Look, you're down Carolina and Tampa Bay from a bye week standpoint. There's potentially six starting wide receivers in three receiver leagues there with how those guys have played. You know, so you, you might need some wide receiver help. And there are some running back options for you. But it's not like there's a maybe outside of Debo Samuel. There's there's not like a, this is a must start player at running back or wide receiver this week, barring injury slash COVID news. Sure. Okay, Dave, your thoughts. Hi. Hi. There's like <clears throat> if if Josh Jacobs is healthy and James Conner is back, then there's like one maybe two interesting players at each position. It's not as good as last week's waiver wire. Yeah. It's just not. And it sucks because this is the do or die week. It's okay, though, because th- this means you uh, you got you to gotta ride uh, with who got you there, right? With who brung you. Yeah, but it's always fun when you can find somebody late in the year that can carry you. And there is, there's at least one candidate who might be that guy. Overall or at each position? Oh, at, at overall. One okay. guy who might be able to carry you, but it's, it's going to take a leap of faith and not worth the fab overspend to get them. It's on Cam Akers, right? That's the guy. Um, the other part of this though, Adam is to, to what you just said, we're getting some, some healthy bodies back, which is nice. I mean, last week it was Eckler and Mostert this week. It could be Swift and Gaskin. And that's fantastic. If those guys are hundred percent, especially for Swift, my gosh, mm-hmm. what, a, what a great setup for him. Um, especially if uh, Akeem Hicks is out for the bears. 
they couldn't stop anything against the Packers on the ground. So, you know, I, I think it's a yeah. it's a great setup, obviously, to have those two guys back and, you know, Gaskin taking on the Bengals. I mean, let's go. Yeah, that'd be great. And and maybe Julio back this week, maybe Todd Gurley back this week. Any any maybe David indi- Johnson back this week too? Any indication sure. on Kenny Galladay? It'd be nice. It certainly would be nice to have him back because it, it ruins two players. It ruins Galladay and it ruins Stafford. Yeah. And in this case it would just ruin Marvin Jones. We'll take we'll take that trade off to get Galladay and Stafford back. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's talk about the top priorities. We'll, we'll discuss the Baltimore situation. If you're not aware, waivers are running tomorrow night, and this game, if, it, if it's played before Sunday, it's going to count for Week 12. So you do not have finality. You do not have a conclusion to Week 12 yet, and you won't have it until that game is played unless it keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed until Sunday or later. And waivers will keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Oh, will they? Yes. Well, they have to have standings. Oh, do you have an option as a commissioner to run waivers tonight if you want to, or do they have to run tomorrow? I would imagine you could do it manually, but I don't think you could do it. Well, at least I I can only speak for CBS and what I was told. You you would have to do it manually. You can't, they won't process waivers until there are standings for your fantasy league because they can't. What about, right. They wouldn't have the order, but unless they're just using the current order, but, but what, like okay, so do you have to as a commissioner? Do you have to go into your commissioner tools on CBS and uncheck Tuesday night? No, you don't. They are not running. CBS is not running waivers on Tuesday night. Oh, okay, so okay, that's good. Commissioner, fantasy player, you know whatever the case may be, uh, CBS does that for us. All right, good. So they process the waivers, whatever box you have checked. So I play in twenty fantasy leagues. 15 of them or so are on CBS and uh, two of those leagues run waivers first time Wednesday night. So that is how it's set. The box is clicked for Wednesday. It's not clicked for Tuesday. Most of the leagues that we play in together, the waivers run on Tuesday. The box is clicked for Tuesday. If the box is clicked for Tuesday, don't even worry about it. Just make sure the box is clicked for Wednesday. If it's not, that's the key. Oh, it has to be clicked for Wednesday. 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 So you have to go in and click it for Wednesday. You're saying, you have to have it checked for Wednesday. Dave had a great tweet about it. Just go and check Dave's Twitter feed. Right. You can see what he did. He gave you a simple three-step process. It's very easy to follow. One of the steps is done, so it's yes. more like a two-step process. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm going to do it right now. I referenced it for the waiver column. It was very succinct. Just so I don't forget. All right, that's really, really important. You click your little commissioner tools. There's a gear and a C at the top right if you're the commissioner. Go to transaction policies, right? Transaction policies, yep. doing it right now. Yeah. And then, oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm in two fab leagues. So if you're in a fab league, it says night fab run. They're all clicked. So it's already set. Yeah, uh, it should be already things. set for most people, but it's worth the commissioner just triple checking to make sure. And if anybody has any other questions about it, tweet me, email me, whatever. Okay. Yeah, we the, are here the, to help. The way that it also works for those of you that do first come, first serve after waivers run. So I had this question just to make sure I got clarity on it. It, Tuesday night after 2 a.m. Eastern, which is typically when the waivers run in CBS Sports Leagues, it's not first come, first serve. It's same as it would be on Wednesday night as it would be on Tuesday night. So if you're a crazy lunatic like me, who's usually up at like 2 a.m. Eastern, and you see waivers go through, and then there's like, oh, I, why didn't I pick up this guy? I like him, or this DST for next week, or beat the waiver wire, any of those things, and you don't want to spend any fab, um, that's typically when you can get some players that you think are going to go through. Uh, you will, can still do that Wednesday night, but you can't do that Tuesday night. 
See, you call yourself a crazy lunatic. I think that's just you being Genius. dedicated to fantasy because I'm waking up every morning at like six and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm up early and I go and check my email and the waiver report is in there. And then right after that, Jamie Eisenberg made an ad drop in this league. Jamie Eisenberg <laughs> made an ad drop in that league. Genius. Like, well, dedication. Jamie's been getting after it for a long, long time, man. That's dedication. It is. Picking up the scraps off the waiver heap. Yeah, it really benefits. I think I'm going to move to California so I can be better at fantasy and pick up everybody at two in the morning. Hawaii. You haven't uh, walked yeah. to your mailbox. You're going to go to California. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a much nicer walk, a much better In weather. Hawaii, you can just do it before you go to bed. Yeah, you're right. All right. All right. Top before waiver wire, years. top waiver wire priorities. And again, we'll come back to the schedule changing. We'll talk a lot about Deshaun Watson and, and Brandon cooks at this point. And uh, I'll just say that Randall Cobb is basically a free ad. He's on IR. If you have IR spots, you don't have to drop anyone to pick up Randall Cobb. He's not going to show up in the projections because he's out at least two more weeks. Maybe it's a nothing ad, but it's like it's just stashing someone, and perhaps he comes back in the fantasy playoffs and he's the number two wide receiver uh, for Houston. So it's you know you don't have to make it your number one priority, but I think stash him in an IR spot if you can. Uh, Cam Akers is one of the top priorities. Jamie, who else are we looking at? I think you got to look at Devontae Booker and, and Benny Snell. Um, you know, again, we're, we're going to probably change that by the time we get to Thursday, potentially change that by the time we get to Wednesday night, I should say, excuse me. Um, because if we get positive reports on Josh Jacobs and practice on Wednesday, if he practices on Wednesday, I think Devontae Booker is off the table. But if he misses practice on Wednesday, which is probably going to be what happens, because why would they make him practice three days after hurting his ankle, which would just look like a horrific injury. Um, yes, thankfully, you know, the reports are, are positive, but I mean, we know how this goes. We know this is a guy that's got an injury track record. And so um, last year was a pretty clear indication. You know, he missed three games of the final four and DeAndre Washington was an absolute star. So there, there are several situations like that. You know, you have, again, we said Miles Gaskin may be coming back. DeAndre Swift may be coming back. If those guys don't come back, you saw what on Johnson and Adrian Peterson did on Thanksgiving. Um, wouldn't be an easy matchup for them, but still something that could be productive again if uh, Akeem Hicks is out. And then if there's no Miles Gaskin back, uh, DeAndre Washington seems to be the guy that the Dolphins are going to turn to because Matt Breida had a bad fumble against the Jets and DeAndre Washington was the one killing the clock. Those guys are must-start options. I look at those other three, uh, Akers being, as Dave said, a, a down-the-road type of guy. But if Devontae Booker starting for the Raiders against the Jets, he's a must-start running back. And if Benny Snell's starting for the Steelers, maybe it's Anthony McFarlane, I, I think that's a borderline must-start running back against Washington in Week 13. What about Frank Gore? who no one really wants to start, but I'm at the point in my life where I just want fantasy points on my team. And I don't care if I'm starting. I don't care if I'm starting one of you guys. I just, I need points and I know he's going to play a lot and I know he's taking on the Raiders. I'm, I, I think if, if I really had to like, if, if divine, I agree with you on all the stuff that you said about Booker and Snell, if they're not worth picking up, if Jacobs practices, if James Connors back, I'm down to acres and gore as my top two picks. And if you want to throw DeAndre Washington in there too, you can, but I think I feel safest with Gore because I know he's going to get a decent workload. He had a couple of flashy runs against Miami and now it's, it's, it's a big workload against the Raiders. I'm kind of excited about You know, I, I guess, you know, I'm just looking at the order I gave Adam and, and obviously this is never set in stone. when We do the show is uh, I have Gore behind the Falcons, guys. You know, I, I think Gore's a safer option than them if Gurley's out, you know, just looking at their matchup against New Orleans. So, yeah, Gore's probably in a better spot than those guys. But, like, for example, if you tell me Jonathan Taylor's out, I would much rather start Jordan Wilkins against the Texans 
as the backup guy, quote unquote, than Frank Gore taking on the Raiders. Well, yeah, Taylor's I, supposed I, to come I, back, I, no. right? I mean, t- Taylor's Well, we hope so. I mean, you just never know with, with the COVID stuff. Right. We don't know if he was True. positive or if he was near somebody. He was, he was not positive. There, there, there's, to Dave's point, Frank Gore, you know, is going to play. Right. Uh, so if you want, you know, whatever level of production you think he's going to give you, that's fine. Uh, I just don't think of him as somebody like if Booker starts, if Snell starts, what Akers can be. Uh, again, I'll take Jordan Wilkins over him in that matchup against Texans because they can't stop the run at all. Um, and and again, you know, DeAndre Washington, if he's a starter for Miami, I'll take all those guys over Frank Gore as, as a priority to pick up. But, you know, if you're stuck and you just want to make sure you get, you know, six or seven non-PPR points and maybe eight to ten PPR points, sure, you can take Frank Gore. Okay, I was under the impression that Jonathan Taylor has not tested positive. He was a close contact. His okay. girlfriend has Good, it. That, and that makes me think he's got a great shot to play. Yeah, I, I do. I thought I saw that he's expect that they expect him to play this week, but I will try to confirm that. Um, and then, as far as Washington goes, you know, just you did mention the fumble, Jamie, but it looked like Matt Breida was getting the bulk of the carries before Breida fumbled. So I get a little nervous about Washington because you don't know how that's going to play out if both Ahmed and, and Gaskin are still out. We do see sometimes a guy gets be- Ronald Jones, right? Guy gets benched mid-game for fumbling, comes back, and he's a starter the next week. So, uh, you know, you, you never know how that's going to turn out. Ronald Jones apparently needs 20 touches a game, according to Bruce Arians. That's also something. Oh, I'm sure he's going to get it. Bruce never lies. <laughs> uh, and Depot Samuel obviously needs to be part of this discussion. So yes, he does. if you're loaded at running back, you don't need Devontae Booker this week. Uh, you don't need, I don't know, who's a better guy to, to just put on your bench? Oh, uh, no, who's a better guy to have rest of season? Better way to phrase it. Devont, uh, Cam Akers, sorry, Cam Akers or Debo Samuel? Debo, and it's not close. I think so, too. Though I don't know if I can count on him to have this type of target volume every single game the rest of the season. Because once Brandon Ayuk comes back, and if by some miracle George Kittle comes back, that'll bring his numbers down. But he's so he's so fun to watch. And how many catches do you have? 11? Is that right? 11. Six of the 11, three of them were pop passes, literally passes that traveled like a foot. Right. Um, as he as he had a sweep in front of the quarterback, he had two flare outs and one screen. So more than half of his half of his receptions and almost half of his targets were behind the line of scrimmage. But if they keep using him that way, he's the type of receiver who makes plays after the catch. He's physical. So it's almost like giving the running back, a fo- giving a running back the football. And uh, I, I think like a semblance of that role can continue when Ayuk's there, and if other people, if Jordan Reed starts to evolve into a big, bigger part of the offense, I think that that's good. But I, I, if those guys are out, we're talking about double-digit catches every week. Yeah, I don't even care if Ayuk comes back in terms of what Debo could potentially be. He's not going to be this if Ayuk is there. But they use them so differently. I mean, Ayuk is more of a downfield option. Samuel is more of a, you know, do what you can with the ball in your hands and be a yak guy, you know, so uh, they'll use them the same way I think that they have been using them respectively. We just have not seen it together. We haven't seen it together without George Kittle. And so that's going to be the interesting part of how this whole puzzle fits. Uh, I wouldn't worry about Kittle anytime soon because I think week 16 is the earliest he's going to be back. Um, the, the one concern would be is what happens if Garoppolo comes back, you know, is he going to change things for the better or maybe change things for the worse, you know, in terms of what those receivers could be because Mullins has a, um, more of a YOLO mentality than, than Garoppolo does, at least seemingly, you know, he'll take more chances. And so I hope that's still good for both these receivers. 
Mm. Well, I'll tell you, Debo Samuel's been, he's had this role for a while because he's, his ADOT this year, his average depth of target is 1.7 yards. <laughs> it, is, it, is. it is unbelievable. It makes him extremely efficient. He's catching so many of his, tar- let me see what his catch rate is. I bet it's over 77%. And, and so you brought this up last really? year, Adam. Every time Kittle was out, he was great. Yeah, terrific without Kittle. 77% catch rate. It's not surprising, Dave. They, they throw it up at the line of scrimmage. No, I thought it would be higher. I, it's last three games, I think it's it's like through the roof. I think it's probably 22 catches on like 25 or 26 targets for Debo. So it, that's great in PPR. Very safe <laughs> yeah. floor. He's right. the safest of all the players that we've talked about so far. I don't know if it even makes sense to have a fab conversation at this point. Does it? I mean, if you need one of these players, you're spending whatever you have to spend if your playoffs are on the line. Yeah, okay. But don't you need to save some of your fab for the playoffs too? Uh, I mean, obviously. It. It uh, yeah, right, 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 right. So, like, if you're um, If you're in the playoffs, six, you're not spending a lot unless you want to get Debo Samuel or one that's of these. The way to, that's the way to put it. Okay. Yeah. But let, six and six, it's time to unload. Just real quick. We'll, we'll, I, we'll get into it a little bit more. We'll expand. But give me the quarterbacks and the tight ends you want to pick up this week. Well, Fitzpatrick is number one by far, you know, if he's the starter. That, that's the the part of this that's a little tricky. Again, you know, again, this is where the Wednesday waiver wire scenario comes into play because if Tua's practicing, then you're not going to go after Fitzpatrick. But if Tua's out and if I'm Miami, I'd probably say, Tua, you know, make sure your thumb is right and we'll get you back in a couple weeks. Uh, it'd be great to have Fitzpatrick against the Bengals. So he would be number one. And then two through four is interesting because they're all not trustworthy, but all in some pretty good spots. Uh, you got Trubisky, who his last four games against the Lions, 29, 24, 29, 41 fantasy points. Wow. Detroit stinks. Mm. He's coming off a strong game fantasy-wise. and But again, is Nick Foles playing or is he not playing? You know, uh, Matt Nagy sort of said, why not? I believe was his answer when he asked if Trubisky's going to be the starter. Um, that sounds like a guy that's ready <laughs> I to get I thought fired. he said, I don't, see why, I don't see why not, I thought is what, what he said. Okay, okay, yeah, you're right. Um but uh, I liked your answer better. Dude. Why not? You have, you have <laughs> what the uh, hell, guys. You have Trubisky. You got Baker, who's got a good matchup against the Titans. I think that's going to be a sneaky high-scoring game. Um, they have. This is a fun stat. You, I know you like this stuff, Adam. So they've had all but one quarterback attempt at least twenty-nine passes against them. Can you name the one? This is who? Yeah. Which team? The Titans. No, I Ben Roethlisberger. No, I don't know. Roethlisberger ben, threw a ton. Ben threw a lot him. against them. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I don't know. All right, I'll, give you, I'll give you. What's it'll the be a, a multiple choice. Was it A. Kirk Cousins, B. Lamar Jackson, C. None of the above. B. I was going to say Jackson. Kirk Cousins, twenty-seven pass ah, attempts. Okay, against the Tennessee Titans. Lamar Jackson was 29. So Baker, his last two games with over 28 pass attempts. Hey. He's been 22 or more fantasy points. Just got to check the weather. That's all. Uh, you got to check the weather. Make sure they have horrible weather. But you got Trubisky, Baker, and Phillip Rivers, who uh, the Texans, I didn't realize this because um, I think we typically think of them as a bad pass defense. No, they're good. They haven't allowed multiple, touch, multiple passing touchdowns to a quarterback since week seven. Mm-hmm. But... Well, they've given up three of the last four, uh, 295 passing yards or more. But. Oh, Bradley Roby, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that really matters. <laughs> I mean, he was I think it does. Too. Yeah, okay. Well, the yards are inter- are important, though. Um, or three games ago, excuse me. Touchdowns, I guess, could come and go. But, yeah, I, 
They have a bad defense. Let's let's face yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. This is a game where, especially if Jonathan Taylor plays, the Colts, I think, go back to ground and pound and just run all over the Texans because they can't stop the run. Right. So that's the concern with Rivers because he's been a mess. Um, but he does have 21 or more fantasy points in four of his last six and two of those two in a row. So, and the tight ends kind of in that boat of if you're you know like you're replacing Brady this week if you're if you need a bye week option if you're still trying to manage the Drew Brees scenario if you don't trust Jared Goff or Carson Wentz or any of those guys you've been starting which I certainly can understand that uh, these are all guys that are in play. Well, how about if you don't trust Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson or Josh Allen right now? Not benching those guys for the yeah. Okay. So what about tight end, uh, Dave? Give me a Unless you tell me Kyler's shoulder is shot. Give me, I did not like his answer when he was asked about his shoulder. It was very evasive. and. I mean, did, if you watch the game, it kind of told you. I didn't see he enough of it to comment. Didn't run a ton, and he didn't throw downfield a ton. Yeah. So it's almost like they've regressed to a worse spot where they were earlier in the season. Because earlier in the year, yeah. they weren't really challenging well, downfield that much either, but at least Kyler was running. I, in my two Kyler leagues, I think that for the first time this year, other than his bye week, I think I am going to be looking to pick up a quarterback just to give myself the option, you know, and see how the week mm-hmm. unfolds a little bit. But I would like to put Ryan Fitzpatrick on those teams and, uh, and give and like I said, give myself the option to, uh, to go another I direction. Guess, I guess, I'm sorry to back up. I thought we were talking about the other three guys. Fitzpatrick is oh. definitely in play ahead of those guys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have it ranked that way, but I can certainly see where you're coming from, Adam, that if you want to get away from Watson, you want to get away from Kyler, uh, maybe Josh Allen also, then you can look at, at Fitzpatrick. What about Wilson? You don't put him in that group? Um, not, no, because I, I think, you know, he's he's still healthy, and the Giants' defense, I think the strength is still in, in the run defense. I got to tell you, this feels like the type of week where we all rush to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he just he lays an egg. We it's hap- It happens like once a year. Hasn't happened though with Miami very often though. I know, I know, no, but it, it, it I still it didn't happen last year. There wasn't a game last year where we were all over him. I'm sure there was. Dante Parker left with an injury in the first yep, quarter against the Jets, the Jets and he struggled. But but once he got going, he pretty much didn't. And he's been 20 points or more every week except for week one. Uh, the, I think the big concern you would have is like they'd run all over the Bengals, but their run game is in shambles right. right now. That'll make you feel better about starting Fitzpatrick. He's also in the YOLO mode of, you know, he said this when he got benched. He said, I, I, I guess I just started my last NFL game. And then he got a gift to play against the Jets again. I'm sure he's looking at this as, and I was listening to um, uh, an interview with a, a local uh, sports writer, not a guy that covers the team, but a local sports writer that was talking about, he was watching a conversation between Fitzpatrick and Tua on the sidelines, I guess, two weeks ago, and was saying, like, he's Fitzpatrick's trying to show Tua the way he plays, and Tua's like, you know, I, I don't play that way. You know, <laughs> Fitzpatrick, and I heard him in the interview process, in the interview uh, after the Jets game, saying how he loves throwing to Parker because he's one of the best receivers he's ever played with at 50-50 balls. That's not yeah. Tua's game. Yeah. Tua is so used to playing in Alabama where everybody's wide open, and he anticipates, you know, throws – Fitzpatrick's not a guy that anticipates throws. He just puts the ball in places where he gives his receivers a chance to make plays. And so that's why I think like Fitzpatrick's obviously better for Parker. Um, but in in Fitzpatrick's mind, how he approaches the game, I think he's going to go out there and have a good game. Okay. All right. We got to get to tight ends here. So Dave, give me a few tight ends. Yeah, I've got a list. It's not necessarily the preferred order. Happy to hash it out with everybody, but Dalton Schultz is at the top. 
only because he's taking on the Ravens. We don't know what the Ravens defense is going to look like by the time that that game happens, whatever month that's in. He's first. Logan Thomas is second against the Steelers. Don't really love that matchup either. I love Austin Hooper's matchup against Tennessee, but it's Austin Hooper and he's basically a touchdown or bust tight end. Other guys are Jordan Reed, Trey Burton. Here are two. Here are two tight ends where. Well, let's see what again, you name. Well, let's see when you name work. the guy that JB has number one. <laughs> you haven't okay. done it yet. Well, there's two for me, and maybe neither of the guys are who Jamie has. Kyle Rudolph is one, hey, there but it's con- it's contingent on whether or not Adam Thielen plays and whether or not Irv Smith yeah. plays. So you've got to see if they practice on Wednesday. And number two is Jordan Akins, who t- has a little bit of a downfield element to his game for Houston dropped a touchdown last week. That was ugly. Maybe someone in deeper leagues that you speculate on. Okay. So Jamie likes Rudolph the best, but is, would I would you agree like with Rudolph that? the best too. If we knew that those guys were out. Okay. Yeah. It, for me, it doesn't really matter so much with Thielen. It obviously helps that Thielen's not there, but Irv Smith, the last two times that he's missed, he's got at least six targets in both those games and he's taking on Jacksonville. They stink. They stink, but they're, but actually they've gotten so much better. They, I don't think it's just like five or six weeks in a row where it's less than 35 yards. No no tight yeah, end is more than 30. What'd you say? Sorry. You're saying the same thing about the Bengals and they, their defensive tight ends too. Yeah. They, Jacksonville's allowed nine touchdowns to tight ends on the season, two in their past four games. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I, I feel a lot better about Rudolph's role. I feel okay about it if Irv Smith isn't out there. I feel really good about it if Adam Thielen isn't out there. Yeah, I mean, he's still the guy I'm going to go to first if we get practice reports on Wednesday that Smith's not there. And here's the like, thing. Schultz, Schultz is somebody that is just not trustworthy. You know, he's had one good game since Dalton took over, and it was the, the late touchdown two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I can't buy into him uh, against Baltimore, which is going to seemingly get some guys back, whether they get everybody back, I, I, who knows. But, you know, that's a defense that I think is going to be very pissed off and angry after what's happened to them facing that Dallas offensive line, which is a disaster. So, yeah, Schultz is off the table for me. Hooper I like a lot. I think it's a good call. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, he showed some life in some better weather last week. He had to, you know, led them in targets two weeks ago or receptions two weeks ago. Uh, Thomas is a good call. Aikens is a good call, but Dalton Schultz is not somebody I'm picking up. That's fine. Um, the other thing I would say is if you go for Rudolph on Wednesday and by Friday, it's Irv Smith's back and Adam Thielen's back and you're not feeling confident enough to start Rudolph. Literally, you can take any of the other names that I told you. They're gonna at least one or two of them will be on the waiver wire still. So you can drop Rudolph if you don't want to use him and go and get one of those other guys. There are so many traps at tight end. I mean, it's just these guys. It's not. It's not good. Uh, you know, there are cases to be made for all of them. Cases to be made against them. Jordan Reed looks like he has a really good matchup. Uh, I don't think Milano is coming back this week. But Buffalo hasn't allowed a touchdown to a tight end in their past five games. But they've seen a lot of bad tight ends. Yeah, they still give up the eighth so, most fantasy points to tight ends. And, maybe, but Jordan, I mean, look, maybe Jordan he's ten points in a PPR. Eighteen yards last week. I don't know. It's tight ends. I hope you have a good one. Uh, maybe Robert Tunyon's available. He's coming on strong. Maybe Zach Ertz is available. Make Mike Gesicki. He's seventy three percent on. Maybe he's available. That'd be really nice. And it's yes, Jamie did though on Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and I'm expecting Fitzpatrick right now, but. Uh, it's the same thing. The Bengals and the and the Jaguars, they both stink against tight ends, but they're both getting better, giving up fewer yards, except last week, Evan Ingram had 129 yards against the Bengals, um, whereas Austin Hooper had just two targets, 13 yards, scored a touchdown at Jacksonville. Okay, guys, a uh, lot to get to. we got to talk about this Ravens situation. By the way, Gus Edwards, if you picked him up last week, that same, seemed like... It was literally a week ago. Um, well, J.K. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram 
are both eligible to play on Wednesday. So that's weird. But Dave, it's been a stressful week. All this news, all this craziness, tweets, podcasts, HQ. You've had a busy, busy week. You, my friend, need a moment to chill. What do you reach for when you need to chill? I reach for the mountain cold refreshment of Coors Light. It's made to chill. And this has been a go, go, go type of week, man. There has not been a break at all. Um, A friend of the podcast tweeted me and said, man, covering the NFL, it feels like it's a full-time job this week. I'm like, you don't say. It's really how it kind of goes every week during the football season. It's kind of what I've been doing for the last 15 years. So when I did get a break this week, of course, I hit my patio and popped open a nice cold Coors Light. It was delicious. It was clean. I didn't have that gross aftertaste that I've had when I've drafted, when I've when I've drafted, when I've selected a a uh, a craft beer in round one of my, I want to have a different type of beer league. Wow, oh, that was bad. Love, love uh, those leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know what <laughs> leagues are great? The ones where you just don't have to think about the picks, and your number one overall choice is Coors Light. That's what I did, and uh, and it was perfect. It was a perfect way to end my weekend and start getting ready for the next week. All right, so that's the that's the beer that Dave chooses when he needs to unwind. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. G-E-T, get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So Baltimore-Pittsburgh tomorrow at, four, at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday afternoon's a great day. For, uh, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins are going to be eligible. So, yeah, like, who are you going to start? Dobbins coming off that exciting game? Like, let's say you picked up Edwards or you have Benny Snell or something like that, and you also have J.K. Dobbins. I guess who's the best running back in this game now? There's a league where I, I've got Edwards and Dobbins. I'm going to have to start one of them. What are you going to do? <laughs> Hot shot. I, uh, I, I think I might pivot to Dobbins. Because they need they need playmakers, the Ravens on offense. They're missing their biggest one. Yeah, it's again. It feels like a long time ago, but last Sunday night we were talking about how this might might have been J.K. Dobbins' launching point. They seem to have mm-hmm. given him the role, and hopefully, Two Sundays. well, right, eight, eight, eight yes. nine days ago, right. Um, okay, Pittsburgh, Washington in Week Thirteen is now Monday at five p.m. And Baltimore-Dallas is now Tuesday at 8 p.m. next week. And this allows Lamar Jackson to get back in time for that game. Their COVID list, I mean, their front seven, Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, Pernell McPhee, Matt Judon, all on the COVID list. So they could be a much, much different defense. And to be honest with you, I don't know who's eligible to come back tomorrow other than Dobbins and Edwards. That's the only one that's been reported. Okay. Yeah, well, they've got such key pieces on defense. I, I hope they can get healthy and at least give us a, a, a good game. I know Jackson won't be there, but you know it's been an emo- emotional roller coaster for the Ravens. It's been an emotional roller coaster the last three weeks in the same fantasy league for young Ben, Ben Schrager, Shraggy B, Swagger Shrag, Schrager Jagger. I don't know if I get all the nicknames I have. Oh, for you. I should just stop now. Okay, yeah, Ben, what is going on in your home league? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, miracle, touchdown, I win, two points. Travis Kelsey scores the touchdown last week. Carr throws an interception, I win by one point. <laughs> last night, I'm up by 2.5 points with the Seahawks defense, and I lose? On what Rogers. was that? Richard Rodgers' miracle catch that meant nothing? Yeah, it, it's been a rough week, but the previous two weeks were pretty nice to me. That is wild, man, for the, the Hail Murray 
the interception by Derek Carr in desperation mode, and then the touchdown by Richard Rodgers to decide your league, all by two or fewer points three weeks in a row. That's why fantasy football is fun, ladies and gentlemen. And Twitch is also fun. Join us tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, for some waiver wire talk. Uh, Twitch.com slash FF today. And make sure you're watching HQ. If you don't see the noon show, uh, to, uh, today, tomorrow, and Thursday, it's at 1 p.m. actually. So if you. Thursday is at 1.30 p.m. We're going to do a extended NFL pregame show that will have some fantasy elements to it. Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. I'm sorry. Wednesday. Okay. So 1, 131. Is that what you're saying? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Uh, I don't know Thursday's time yet. Okay. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. You can you can follow Jamie on Twitter. He'll let you know. And you can watch it on demand if you miss it on the CBS Sports app on OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app. Scroll down till you see the familiar faces of fantasy football today. All right. So finally, let's talk about Will Fuller here. He's been suspended for six games for violating the PED policy. What does this mean for Deshaun Watson? What does it mean for Brandon Cooks, Dave? It's not good. We're talking about a guy who represented about a quarter of Watson's completions, a quarter of his yards, and a third of his touchdowns. He was a huge, huge piece of the Texans' offense. He stayed healthy all year. Maybe this is why, or this is how. Now we know why he didn't get traded. Um, but it, it, it definitely takes away the biggest element of this Texans' passing game that we all saw on Thanksgiving, and that's the deep ball. Defenses can defend them a lot differently now. I'm not quite sure Brandon Cooks can do that type of thing. He's been very good as a mid-range type of receiver, so he's taken advantage of Fuller taking the top off of opposing defenses. I, I'm I'm almost certain that we're going to see defenses play them a heck of a lot differently now. It's going to make it harder on Deshaun Watson for sure, and. Uh, you know, there's going to be interesting Kiki QT off the waiver wire and Cobb is a great call Adam, and Isaiah Coulter is another name that people might keep in mind, but it's just not going to be the same type of offense without Fuller there. I wonder if they bring back Kenny Stills. I mean, you know, they just let him go. I don't know if that even would, would change a lot. I don't think that would give, I, that doesn't breathe enough life back into Deshaun Watson. Where, oh no. I mean, where is he? Top three quarterback. Where is he? Like rest no. of season. He's what? Top 12. Watson. Yeah. He's still top 10 for me. I mean, I think you'll see him do enough with his legs. He's going to go from a 27 to 30 type of guy to a 20 to 24 type of guy, you know, so um, schedule gets tougher. You know, we'll see if DeForest Buckner plays. That's a big piece for that Colts defense who he's got this week um, and Autry and, you know, as well. So uh, we saw what Ryan Tannehill was able to do. Um, you know, Watson having to make plays with his legs. He's going to have to get more out of Brandon Cooks, more out of Aikens, uh, more out of QT. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll have to involve their running backs a little bit more. They got creative with the play to Duke Johnson, you know, maybe they do something similar like that. But, um, you know, he's, he's still a running quarterback that has enough potential with his limited receiving core to still be a starting fantasy quarterback in most leagues. Well, look, he's, he is playing so unbelievably well. I want to give you some, some context here. Will Fuller, by the way, on a per-game basis, is the number six wide receiver in non-PPR, number 10 in PPR. He well, is Oh, per game, I'm sorry. Yeah, per game, per game. He has 879 yards and eight touchdowns on 75 targets. Brandon Cooks, you know, for the year, Brandon Cooks is the number 39 wide receiver on a per game basis. But since week, uh, in his last seven games, when he really got going, he's top 12. He has been terrific. And on pace for 96 yards, over 96 catches, over 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns in his last seven games. So Cooks has been great. Fuller, both of them top 12 wide receivers over that seven-game stretch. Watson, slow start. First three weeks, slow start. 
since week four, here are your QB leaders in terms of six point per passing touchdown leagues and their fantasy points. Mahomes is one, 238. Watson, 237. Herbert, 234. Murray, 234. Rodgers, 227. Brady, 225. And Wilson, actually, not really that close uh, because his best three weeks were pretty much his first three weeks. So since then, you know, Mahomes and Watson are tied. Mahomes has one more fantasy point. That's how good Watson has been since week four. Uh, So it's disappointing. Um, But he's played so well. Hopefully he can do what Aaron Rodgers did and, you know, be good without Devontae Adams. But it's well, what is it? The Colts. Remember what I said about Watson in the beginning of the season that I thought he's going to have an MVP campaign. Yeah, if, or preseason if those two guys stayed healthy of Fuller mm-hmm. and Cooks. And we said it was going to be a tough start to the season. Obviously, with that schedule, he's been amazing. It's a shame that the Texans are where they are because he would be in the MVP conversation if they were a playoff caliber team. And he, you know, for what it's worth, he's played them back into you know back end contention. They're not going to make it by any stretch because their schedule is so tough and their defense is not good. They'd have to win out to have a chance. <laughs> They'd have to win out to have a chance. They have to get to 97 and hope for a lot of things to happen. But um, he's he's played at an MVP pace. You know, he's justifying his contract. He's, you know, justifying the fact that he can get by without DeAndre Hopkins, but he can't get by to the same level without Hopkins and Fuller. It's yeah. just unfortunate. And for Fuller, you know, for dynasty purposes, this is really, you know, tough to gauge now because he's going to miss the first two games of next year. He's a free agent going into this offseason. You know, I mean, this this benefits the Texans because they could probably get a, a a hometown discount. You know, if he wants to stay there, which I hope he does, because you see what the the rapport is. And by the way, if whatever he was taking allowed him to do this, sign me up. Bell should allow him to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we we do have to get back to the waiver wire. I'd love to talk more about this. Maybe tomorrow we will. Um, but will you start? He's got look. He's got the Colts, Bears, and Colts in his next three games. Deshaun Watson. Will you pick Yikes. up R- Ryan Fitzpatrick and start Fitzpatrick over Watson this week? I'm not there. I can't do that. Okay. No, but if you tell, well, Fitzpatrick got a tough match. They're at Kansas, they get Kansas City in week, uh, in week 14. Um, if it's, if Watson struggles this week to a level of like just awful, awful football, then you, you got to panic. But this week, I think you're still starting, especially if you don't, the Colts don't have those two guys in, in, uh, Buckner and Autry. Give me your top three at each position. and uh, I'll give you some more news and notes real quick. Josh Jacobs waiting on his ankle. It's a sprained ankle, not as severe as we first thought. Could see Gurley and Julio back this week. Bruce Arian said Ronald Jones needs to have 20 touches. Daniel Jones likely to miss some time. He has an outside shot of playing this week against the Seahawks, but you should expect Colt McCoy. Mitchell Trubisky likely to start. I don't see why not. X-rays were negative on DJ Moore's ankle, but we don't know if he'll be available after the bye week. The 49ers are going to play their next two games in Arizona. They're not allowed to play in their home state, or in their hometown, rather. Um, Joe Mixon could be back in week 14. I think they're playing three of their next four in Arizona because they play the Cardinals on the road. Oh, that's interesting. I was wondering what locker room they're going to get when they're the home team in Arizona. That's kind of... Probably the home locker room. You'd think. Or maybe they'll set something else up. I don't know. Uh, Joe Mixon, people asking, can I, should I drop Joe Mixon? He, there was a report he could be back next week, so don't do it just yet. We haven't talked about this, but Daryl Bevel is the interim head coach for Detroit as they fired Matt Patricia. You see what happened to him this weekend? Daryl yes. Bevel? Yes. No, I did not. Totally funny. So he has two daughters, or at least two daughters, and both of their uh, boyfriends asked him for their hand in marriage. No way. The same weekend that he was promoted to interim head coach. And then he announced that to the media before the guys could actually propose. That is 
the best week weekend of his life. And it was Thanksgiving. I mean, that's tremendous. What a week for Daryl Bevel. Okay, so let's just give me, let's go top three at each position real quick. Then we'll do the Eagles and Seahawks game and the drop-o-meter, and then we'll get even further into the waiver wire. But just so we don't go any longer without saying names that we need to say, and we've talked about a lot of names today. Top three quarterbacks are Fitzpatrick, followed by... Trubisky and Baker for me. Dave? I have the same order. Okay. Top three running backs are? Well, as of now, they are uh, Devontae Booker, Benny Snell, and Cam Akers. For me, it would be Booker, Snell... Gore. Not if I needed if I needed a running back for week 13, it's Gore. If I wanted to speculate, it's Acres. In fact, if I really just wanted to speculate and I didn't need a running back for week 13, I would assume that Jacobs and Connor would be back eventually anyway, and Acres would be first on the list. Okay. Wide receiver, we've really only talked about Debo Samuel. So who else? It's Debo one. I'm gonna go back to Tim Patrick two, and then Kiki QT just to see what happens there. Three. Wow. I don't I don't even feel good about my second and third options. I, I don't feel good about Tim Patrick because I don't think it's going to be Drew Locke. If it's Locke, then sure. Why would it not be Drew Locke? Because they're signing Pat Shermer's kid. Like they they obviously have some sort of concern about who they're going to have available to play quarterback this week. Well, I would th- I would assume that it would be Locke. He's not starting. They are I pissed. would be too, but they, they why are, are they why are they signing Pat Shermer's They're kick? mad. They're they are considering punishing these quarterbacks for putting them in that situation that they were in last week. I don't know what that exactly means, but they are really it seemed they are openly discussing how disappointed they are in their three quarterbacks. Right. Drew Locke issued an apology. Yeah. So if it Patrick with Locke, of course. Why? Of course, he hasn't really been that good. I mean, no, you take away that we know that lucky because we catch. know Denver's going to have to throw a ton against Kansas City. Locke will over-target him. Hopefully, it'll result in some good numbers. I mean, he's a distant second to Debo Samuel to put it in perspective. Of course, right? uh, almost yeah. everybody that we're talking about is a distant second to Debo Samuel. I I kind of like not this week, but if Daniel Jones gets healthy, I mean, I really think Sterling Shepard. You got to have him in P, in PPR leagues. We just don't know if he's going to be healthy, though. I mean, he could be great with McCoy. He was yeah. initially the guy I had second, but it's just so hard to trust with McCoy. I do not. Think I don't mind him with McCoy, but I just feel like his ceiling is twelve PPR points, and his floor is ten PPR points. Mm-hmm. It's totally three receiver PPR. It just feels like. Oh, what about Jacoby Myers? You know, Jacoby Myers sixty percent rostered. And you know, let me let me go back to this because Myers faces the Chargers this week. Chris Harris came off IR last week. For the Chargers, and did he just shut down Cole Beasley? Is that what happened? Is that what's going to happen to Jacoby Myers? They made things tough on both their receivers in Buffalo. Sure did, unless you were throwing it, unless Beasley was throwing a touchdown pass. Yeah, so maybe it's a bad matchup for Myers. I don't know if he's going to see Chris. Harris. I, I just they also got a hell of a game out of Bosa. Oh, okay. that affected Josh Allen. All right. Well, look, wide receiver's tough. Wide receiver's tough this week. Hopefully, maybe there's Corey Davis available or something like that. We'll go. That's the thing. There's guys in that range that are like Lazard just misses the cut. If he's available, I mean, he looks Mm -hmm. great against the Bears. Top three tight ends. He's got the Eagles now. Right. There you go. Uh, Top three tight ends. Uh, Kyle Rudolph for me would be one. Austin Hooper would be two. And number three would be uh, Logan Thomas. I would start the week with Rudolph as your number one guy. Thomas would be second for me. Uh, Hooper would be third. 
I am off the Schultz would be behind those guys. I'm not going to say that he's off the table for me, but I, I, the offensive line is an obvious issue for Dallas that you got to figure out. If you have Evan Ingram, are you pivoting to a waiver wire guy? No, because I think nope. that's one guy Colt McCoy will definitely lean on. Okay. And DSTs. Let's get some DSTs. Yeah, another crappy position for this week because a lot of the good ones are already picked up. But the Bears against the Lions, I mean, we've seen what this Detroit offense looks like without Galladay there. Uh, the Raiders against the Jets because it's the Jets. And the Vikings against the Jaguars because it's the Jaguars. Where was where were the I, I got Chiefs, the Chiefs in there too, just because of the Broncos quarterback I think the situation. Are too, uh, unavailable. They're like sixty-eight-ish or something, so they just okay. missed the cut. But where would they rank? I was going to be my question. They're top ten. Mm-hmm. Would they rank ahead of Chicago and Las Vegas? No, and Minnesota. Uh, over Chicago, yes. Raiders, no. Yeah, uh, actually, I think I have the Bears ahead of the Raiders too. But here's the thing, guys. Like, we don't know who's calling plays for the Jets, so we don't have that competitive <laughs> advantage. <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, and the kickers? Who are the kickers, Can you imagine they're considering keeping that guy? They're not. They're not. You say that, but that's not what the NFL circles are saying. There's no way. I will... We will bet anything. If I'm Trevor anything. Lawrence, I'm staying in school. I, or I'm Jamie, forcing my way out of this. I'll bet anything. There's no I'm way out of case. It's just weird to hear. I mean, Joe Douglas likes him. They're buddies. Then fire him too. Yeah, he's been. Good. They haven't won a game. How many games have they even been competitive in? Joe Douglas has made some great moves. I agree, but if, if one of his great. next great moves is let's stick with Adam Gase, then I question. Yeah, it. this is where friendship has to end. Right. Okay, they, they can still be friends. I don't care. What is what is more likely? Steelers go sixteen and zero, or Jets go zero and sixteen? Jets go zero and sixteen. Oh, easy Jets. <laughs> Steelers have a, a pretty easy schedule. I, Listen, I, I think both could happen. I don't see maybe at New England, maybe Las Vegas trip this up week. At some point. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Jets. Uh, maybe Las Vegas. This might be their best chance to win. This is this is absolutely their last best chance. It's kind of why I'm a little queasy about the Jets, the uh, the Raiders DST. The yeah. Steelers. The Steelers mm-hmm. don't have the. And plus, they stink. Steelers. Okay, the Steelers have the Ravens, but I think they should beat them given the circumstances. Washington on a short week, but. Uh, should uh, you know? Should win at Buffalo could be tough. At Cincinnati, Indianapolis, at Cleveland. All right, the Steelers. The Steelers could trip up. All right, sorry guys. Um, got distracted. Kickers, Jamie. Again, not another list where there's a lot of great options out there. But Nick Folk against the Chargers, uh, Matt Gay against the Cardinals, and Greg Zerline against the Ravens. Cool. We'll take a break on fantasy football today. We'll come right back. Recap last night's game. Dig deeper into the waiver wire. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Seattle 23 and Philadelphia 17. This is a game that has a lot to unpack, I think, from a fantasy standpoint here. Okay, so I'm going to fire away with a bunch of questions. One, are you concerned about Chris Carson's workload? Go. Yes. No. Carson played 37% of the snaps. Carlos Hyde played 61% of the snaps. Hyde was in there quite a bit early on. I am checking the fourth quarter game log just to get an exact idea of how many touches those guys had Hyde had seven carries for four yards in the fourth quarter and Carson had one. So 
they were, I think they were just splitting a little bit too much for my liking earlier in the game. And it ended up with Hyde just closing out the game. Those are carries I would have preferred Carson to get. First game back from an extended absence for a guy with a foot injury that's got an injury track record. They were well ahead in this game. They were giving Hyde the chance to close out the game. I'm not concerned at all about Chris Carson. The injury thing is valid, but even when it was a tight game, I mean, there was a lot of Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Early on, it was a little discouraging. And then you watched how Car- Chris Carson ran compared to what Carlos Hyde ran. Yeah, that's, ran. that's true. And and I think it's just a matter of, you know, they get to next week and it's Chris Carson's backfield again. I'm not concerned at all. He's in a top okay. he's a top 10 running back for me once again this week. But they've got a matchup against the Giants, and it's not an easy matchup to begin with. And I doubt that the Giants with Colt McCoy are going to put up a lot of points against the Seahawks. We could see something similar play out next week. They might be saving Carson for when they really, really need him. And that's when they unleash him. Yeah, they got to win the division and get you know some semblance of a. I get it, but a, a, a first round buy. I'm, I'm I get not. it. All right, all right, all right. It's, it's cool. I got more. I got more for you here, Miles Sanders. How concerned right. are you about Miles Sanders? More concerned about him. I mean, you know, this offensive line stinks. This offense stinks. Um, you know, this is a telling week because the Packers are terrible against the run. You know, I mean, they made David Montgomery look like a star last week again. So. I'm still starting Miles Sanders, but he's not a top 10 running back for me. He's in the top 15. And if you tell me Jonathan Taylor's out, I'm going to start Naheem Hines over Miles Sanders this week. If I told you Josh Jacobs were out, were you gonna, would you start Devontae Booker over Miles Sanders? I would Sanders? start Devontae Booker over him if you tell me Josh Jacobs is out. Okay. If they don't use Miles Sanders properly against the Eagles, against the Packers, then fire everyone. Okay, like Carson Wentz is so like bad. Doug trying to get fired. It's ridiculous. Like Carson Wentz, they cannot <laughs> throw the ball. So stop throwing the ball. It's like an, a little bit of an idea for you. Okay, he got into a little bit of a rhythm at the end of the first half and the beginning of the third quarter, but it just was awful. Everything else around that and his decision at the end of the game. A why Peterson didn't kick a field goal at that point when it was fourth and four, and then Wentz. I don't know what he was thinking that throw. Which throw? Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Lockett, three catches for 23 yards on four targets. He now has 67 or fewer yards in seven of his last eight games. Of course, the outlier was 200 yards and three touchdowns. Is Tyler Lockett still a must start? I wish the Seahawks actually moved to Arizona because anytime the Cardinals (laughs) are involved, Tyler Lockett is a star. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess that's just when DK Metcalf isn't destroying everyone. It's right, good so for maybe Lockett. Bradbury against Metcalf. Russell goes uh, in a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm still starting Tyler Lockett. Yeah, there's yeah. too much upside to ignore. You know what he's capable of doing when he gets the opportunity to do it. And last question. Can Darius Slay cover DK Metcalf one-on-one? Well, what's your definition of cover? Run with him? Yeah, be in the same, I guess, be, general be vicinity. Be like a fly on the, on, on the back of his you know jersey? Actually, better last question is is your thought your your thoughts on Russell Wilson because now let's look at his fantasy points in his last four games twenty five at Buffalo nine at the Rams twenty three against Arizona sixteen at Philadelphia through thirty one passes in this game not like he played poorly or anything just didn't didn't get the numbers um, right what do you think I mean he was a yard away from another touchdown with DK Metcalf you know falling down at the one um, I, I'm still starting Russell Wilson he's a top three quarterback for me this week against the Giants. I'd rather have him than Deshaun Watson. Yes. Okay. The dropometer, folks. Who are we dropping? Zero to ten. Mike Davis. Zero. You can't drop him. You don't know what's going to for sure happen with McCaffrey starting in week 14. Christian Kirk. 
Uh, six. Three. Mike Williams. Zero. Five. <laughs> JD McKissick. Zero. PPR. Six, and a non PPR. Okay. Cam Newton. At the Chargers uh, he, this week. I would say he's like a seven on the drop meter. What'd you say, Jamie, for Cam? Two. Zach, you guys are not on the same page today. All right, that's good. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. Zero. Uh, Just to have the bench depth. Three for both. Okay. Jamison Crowder. Eight in non-PPR, three and a half in PPR. This is this is such a I mean he gotta he's gotta play well this week. <laughs> the Raiders are so yeah. bad. Uh, it's it's I almost like I, Darnold saw what Flacco did and was like, oh, I want to do that too. And he threw a little bit longer to Mims. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Darnold's got to put things on tape for himself at this point because he's not going to be with the Jets next year. So he's probably trying to show teams he can throw downfield. Um, you know, uh, whichever. You know, maybe I need to make sure I say this because I'm going to forget. Maybe Brashad Perryman should be the number two wide receiver on waivers. I have him on the list. It's just a matter of, you know, can you trust him? Is he better than Mims? They both have right. targets last yeah, week. Yeah, I think he's better than I, Mims. He's been I, better. I, I kind of like what I saw from Mims. I've liked what I've seen from both these guys, but yeah, I might trust I mean, Mims a little more because he's not just a... Like, I feel like Perriman is, is very much a deep ball guy. And Mims can do that, but he's also proving himself on crossing routes and mid-range stuff. And I think that's better for Darnold. Okay. So I'm sorry, Jameson Crowder, zero to ten, drop a meter. I'm gonna give him one more week. Darius Slayton. Eight. That's like a five in non PPR and a six in PPR. Sterling Shepard. Zero. Adam. Yeah, zero in PPR. Colt McCoy. Zero. No, it's a drop a meter, ten. No, I mean it's Colt McCoy for Sterling Shepard, oh. you know? Um, Johnu Smith. Well, we, again, we just don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah, Johnu Smith. Oh, it's discouraging. He played a lot and he didn't even see a target. He's definitely droppable. You've got to put him in at least like seven. I'll give him another week. Last one. Uh, well, a combo. T Higgins. Would you give him another week in your starting lineup, though? Yeah, I mean, the only guy I would start over him if he's the starter is Rudolph. Okay. T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Zero. Um, zero. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize they had such great games that were so inspired. Well, again, I want to see one more week what happens. Okay. Uh, all right, then. Waiver wire. We'll put it this way. If you see Tyler Board and T. Higgins on the waiver wire and you can't get Debo Samuel, those guys are better than everybody else that's, that we yeah. talked about. Yeah, right. That's true. Tyler Boyd or a Jet? Probably Boyd, but that, that's a bad team. Boy, they're awful. Boyd did have an end zone target late in the game, drew a bad pass interference call, but at least the, he had that. Good for him. Quarterbacks. I, I mean, you know, it's not like he was bad. He called five of his targets. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've given you the, the scoop on the, the skinny on the quarterbacks, but we didn't mention Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins. Tannehill is 84% roster, so he's probably not available, but he's got now the soft part of the schedule has arrived. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay. And Kirk Cousins, uh, how would you rank him with Fitzpatrick and Trubisky, et cetera? For Kirk Cousins he would be number week? one. Uh, he'd be number two for me. Fitzpatrick would be one, and then Cousins, too. What about Matthew Stafford? What if he gets Galladay back? He's 72% rostered. 
you know, I, I, I left him out on purpose because because like if, if there's no Galladay, he's droppable. <laughs> if there is Galladay, he's startable. So yeah, he's in kind of that purgatory uh, spot. I think he would be uh, he'd be behind Fitzpatrick, probably ahead of Cousins. Okay, let's. Wow, no uh, love for Cousins. I do like Cousins. He's a top uh, thirteen guy for me. Yeah, I've got him top ten. Let's talk about the, and the he's been good. running backs that might be might be available in some of your leagues. J.K. Dobbins, 82% rostered. Gaskin, 81%. James White, 80%. And now he faces a matchup with the Chargers. Only three running backs all year have more than 23 receiving yards against the Chargers, but they haven't really faced a lot of good pass catchers. Uh, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams. And also, should be said, like, get your handcuff. If you can get your handcuff, get your handcuff. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Dob- Dobbins, Gaskin, James White, Murray, Jamal Williams, Jamie, if all five of them are available, who are you picking up? All of them. Um, I would pick up Gaskin first. I would pick all up Dobbins them. second. Huh? All of them. I like that. They're all better than the guys that we've talked about. I mean, that's just the nature of this right well, now. Well, they're not better than Booker. Like, They're not well, better than Booker. Booker's starting. Depending. But again, you know, it's not like, at least according not to the reports, you know, you get Jacobs for one week. Gaskin's probably the starter for the rest of the season for Miami, I would assume. Well, that's a great question. You know, what are they going to do when Gaskin and Ahmed are both healthy? They're going to use them both. Gaskin more so than Ahmed. I mean, it hasn't been their MO, so we'll see. Yeah. No, it'll be like 60% Gaskin. The rest will go to Ahmed. Gaskin's been pretty receivey. Receivery, mm-hmm. yeah, that, so he could that's have that the role. role he's going to have a lock on. <laughs> Receivey, alrighty. And then how about, all right, oh yeah, how about the Lions guys like Adrian Peterson, Carryon Johnson? If how would you prepare for them at this point, not knowing the status of DeAndre Swift? I would prefer Carryon just because you saw what he was able to do as a pass catcher. I mean, Peterson's going to need to score touchdowns to be better than Carryon again. I don't want to count on that, so I'll take Carryon over Peterson. But both guys are in play as flexes if there's no DeAndre Swift especially if there's no Akeem Hicks. If they are on your waiver wire right now and they just took on Houston and no one in your league went to pick them up, then no one's going to make a big move for them. Those, the, you know what Chicago. Dave said about Frank Gore? It's the same thing. You know, if you just need points, those guys are going to get you points. Gore's in a better spot because he's by himself, essentially. Right. But, you know, those guys are the same type of caliber of players. If you, if you want to bank on the I need numbers game, then Frank Gore and the Lions guys are worth it. If you want to bank on upside, you are not picking up any of these guys. Wide receivers. So the ones that you got to cross your fingers to see if these guys are available. Brandon Ayuk, Corey Davis, Cole Beasley, Nelson Aguilar, Michael Pittman, and Alan Lazard. So again, it's uh, it's Ayuk, Corey Davis, Beasley, Aguilar, Pittman, Lazard. First of all, if you have them on your roster, how many of them would you drop for Debo Samuel? All. Uh... Aguilar and Pittman for sure. Beasley probably. Ayuk is interesting, man, because I want to see how those two guys look together. Ayuk might be better. They had one game together, and Ayuk had the better game. He had 100 yards, I think, right? That was the New, that was a kill, right? New England game. It must have been. I will confirm that because I'm pretty interested in that. Uh, and then Corey, Corey Davis is 11 or more PPR fantasy points in seven of eight games. He's... Really good. Actually, no. I think it's, it's, ten, ten. It's, I think it's ten. ten. It's ten or more in eight of nine games, I think. 
Let um, us down last week. Couldn't get that last point. Yeah, he had 10 last week. So it was seven. Now against Cleveland. Browns with a depleted secondary. We don't know if Miles Garrett will and be then back. Jacksonville and then Detroit, you know. Mm-hmm. So Corey Davis or, or Debo Samuel, who you got? Still Debo. This one could come down to do you want to save your fab points or not? Because I don't think there's that much difference between them. Debo's got a higher ceiling. But if you want to save your fab points for the playoffs, I wouldn't spend it to go get Debo Samuel if I have Corey Davis. Nelson Aguilar this week against the Jets at the Jets. The Jets have allowed 98 or more yards to a wide receiver in five straight games. Could that be Aguilar? I mean, it was Renfro, it was Ruggs, it was Aguilar kind of even last week. But, mm-hmm. you know, basically... Trying to get Ruggs going. Is Aguilar a keep or a drop or a, a what right now? If you can get Debo or these other guys, you're dropping him. He's the other guys meaning the ones above the, the 65% threshold. I love him, but he's he drops a pass every game. He dropped a sideline route last week. He's he's droppable. Okay, well, it's a good matchup. Not Jets don't drop him this week, right? Jets, well, I don't know if I can start him this week. Play him this week against the Jets. They've allowed seven uh, pass uh, plays of forty plus Ruggs yards. That's a lot. Guy. Rugs, Riggs. All right. Well, if it's Rugs, that's annoying. I'll just say that because it's Aguilar's been much better than Rugs, but it could be. Maybe they get him going. All right, and then other guys to know. So you've got. Debo, you got Tim Patrick, who Jamie likes. You got Kiki Cutie, Brashad Perryman, and Denzel Mims, Sterling Shepard. Darnell Mooney got nine targets. He's had nine or more targets in three games this year. He hasn't done anything in any of them, basically. Sammy Watkins is on this list. Hunter Renfro. Colin Johnson had a big game for Jacksonville, 96 yards and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis caught a touchdown, 79 yards. Yeah, those are, those are names. Those are players. They're people, too. Davis is interesting. Because he gets more playing time with John Brown out. All right. Any anything to add there, Jamie, or just move on? I wish there was other things to add, buddy. I okay. wish there was. There are uh, tight ends. You know, the thing that we may get to, um, and I guess I should say this, is I'll probably update the column Wednesday. If we get to Wednesday's practice report and we find out some things have changed with other players, other teams, I'll update it for people making their waiver moves Wednesday. Okay. Tight ends, Dallas Goddard could be available if he is. I mean, 75 yards and a touchdown, two straight games. Mike Kosicki, great matchup against the Bengals and better with Fitzpatrick. And Zach Ertz. All right, so who's going to be the best Eagles tight end going forward? Goddard. You got to bank on Goddard at this point just from the standpoint of they're done at this point. I know they're still mathematically alive in the NFC East, shockingly. It's so funny. If you look at the projected draft order for 2021 <laughs> – and the mm-hmm. NFC East standings, they're they're mirroring each other. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, Goddard is their future. They're probably moving on from Zach Ertz. I can't imagine they go away from Goddard too much. So you got to look at Goddard as that guy. Okay, so if if Robert Tunyon and Zach Ertz are both available in your league in your ten team league, who would you pick up? I'm picking probably up Tunyon because I know he's going to play against Philly this week. Okay. The the thing about Tunyon though is he's played well the last two weeks. He's got five targets in each game. It's not like he's being you know heavily used. It's just he's finding the end zone. Kyle Rudolph, Austin Hooper, Logan Thomas, Trey Burton. We didn't talk about Jordan Aikens, um, Jordan Reed, Dalton Schultz. It's not great, but Trey Burton at Houston this week and he had a pretty good game. Forty two yards and a touchdown on six targets against Tennessee. And he threw a pass. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what's your interest level in Trey Burton? It's moderate. You know, I mean, he's not a, a, a priority. Uh, Aikens should be ahead of him. Um, I just didn't give you the right order. Um, so 
it's, you know, Logan Thomas has, you know, been very consistent. You know, he just doesn't see a huge volume. You'd like to see that go up a little bit, but I'm going to guess they're throwing a lot this week against the Steelers. So that should help him. Um, to me, it's Rudolph and Hooper are the two best guys and, and Hooper is probably not available in most leagues. So Rudolph is, is, you know, 22% is his roster percentage. He's going to be available. Aikens is 17%. So those two guys, you can see what the upside is. Rudolph short-term, Aikens potentially long-term. So if you're looking at from that standpoint, those two guys might be the best. All right. And obviously with Will Fuller out and we'll see what Darren Fells' situation is, but if, um, oh, he played, I'm sorry. So I, I thought he was questionable, but okay. Darren Fells is good to go then. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I got confused. We were we were excited about Aikens last week because uh, he was coming off because of, of Cobb and because of Cobb and Stills, right? Not right. because of uh, not but because of Aiken, Fells. And and you, it wasn't just one. he dropped two touchdowns. Yeah, he dropped two touchdowns, Aikens. So uh, let's keep that in mind. This is a tough matchup this week against Indy. That's the only problem with that. Yeah. DSTs, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Chiefs, if they're available. They're 69% owned. We're looking at them and Nick Folk, Matt Gay, and Greg Zerline. And that is it for today's show. We had a lot to talk about. Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate it. We got you tomorrow before the Wednesday afternoon game. That's weird. Um, and we will get into some starts and sits for the week and, of course, preview all the games on Thursday and Friday. For Dave and Jamie and Ben, I'm Adam. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.